and welcome to Miyazaki and Me. I'm Kyle. And I'm Shane. Uh, so in this episode, we are talking about the... Uh, it is a Miyazaki film, but again, it is a Goro Miyazaki film. Tales from Earthsea. Yes, this one is by his son, who has four arms. See, and since I've never Goro. seen a photo of him... I'm just going to assume that's accurate um, because his yes, the Mortal Kombat character was based off of him. <laughs> yes. Uh, oddly enough, one one fun fact that I did see: uh, Goro was actually the exact same age uh, as his father when they directed their first feature film. Yep, I, I uh, thirty eight, I believe. Yeah, it was yeah thirty seven or thirty eight. Yep. So, which is uh, pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's cool. Uh, so this film was released in July of two thousand six, and yeah, kind of. What are your what are your initial thoughts on this film, Shane? So uh, initially, I have seen this one before. Yeah, this was your second to lowest ranked movie in our initial rankings, as I wrote down. Yes. Um... Uh, but I mean, even with that, it's it's not like I disliked it. It was just there's a lot of good ones. Um, and uh, I honestly I don't dislike this movie. I think that this movie has a lot that's um, a lot going for it, but at the same time, a uh, a, a lot of things that stray from uh, the Studio Ghibli path that kind of hurt it. Okay. Um, I think that if this was released, uh, uh, if Goro Miyazaki had released this not under the Studio Ghibli name. I think it would have been better received. I also okay. think it would be better received if they just changed the names of the characters and did not base it off of Earthsea, which it practically did not follow at all. Um, uh, I have not read Earthsea. I, I do want to read Earthsea, actually. Uh, I have actually ordered the first book. Um, but um, the author of, of Earthsea um, actually originally uh, – well, originally they did – the author, she didn't even want the movie to be made. And then she watched My Neighbor Totoro and agreed to have Hayao Miyazaki make the movie. And once that happened, he was not available to make the movie. So his son stepped in to do it, uh, which made Hayao mad. He did not want that to happen. Um, and uh, and after the movie was done, uh, she, she said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact quote, but it was, uh, this is not my book. Uh, this is your movie. It's a good movie, but it's not what I wrote. Um, yes. and then a couple of years later, she said, I did not like that at all. I was just saying that to not hurt them at the time mm -hmm. of release. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, she, she basically said it was a disappointment. Um, and yeah, uh, I have to agree with her. Uh, I did not enjoy this movie at all. So, uh, Goro is, is over two in what we have watched thus far. Um, so I'm really hoping uh, from I, I would say he's Poppy one Hill. for one. I didn't dislike it. Okay. Um, but I mean, that being said, uh, looking at our animation timeline, it still probably was the second best animated movie of the year. Uh, because not a lot good came out. Uh, we had like the ant bully, uh, bleach huh. memories from nobody. Uh, Brother Bear 2. 
Uh, cars, which I, I did enjoy, but I can see people that know how it has its flaws. Uh, George Miller's Happy Feet, uh, the director of Mad Max. Oh, Happy Feet's great. Yeah, Happy Feet's great. Uh, I really liked Happy, Happy Feet. Happy Feet is great. Happy Feet's a very good movie. Yes. Uh, Leroy and Stitch. Uh, Monster House. Uh, Leroy, not Lilo. That's right. Yep. Uh, a Scanner Darkly, which I counted in the animated category because it's pretty much animated. Uh, well, whatever category you counted in is a terrible movie. Oh, so yeah. No, no. Fine. That was not one of the two that's better than this movie. Um, Over the Hedge, which was fun, decent. Over the Hedge wasn't you know, bad. It wasn't bad. Uh, Ice yeah. Age, The Meltdown. And Bruce Willis. I saw that in theaters. Oh, you did? Yeah. Um, so Ice Age. Uh, I enjoyed that, but. Yeah. And uh, the winner of the Academy Award for Best Animated Picture that year, and as we've just discussed on this list, by far the best animated movie of this particular year, Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Um, yeah, Ratatouille. I. I. Mm, I think I like Happy Feet more than Ratatouille, okay. but um, but uh, Ratatouille is is a very good movie, um, uh, enjoyable. Um, so so let's get into this film. Um, I I was slightly confused. So like, was Aaron also the little assassin at the beginning? That killed the king. The or one whatever? that killed the king. Yeah, yeah. He straight up admits that later. Oh, on he does. Okay, I, I he thought says, that. He says, "Oh yeah, I, I killed my father and took his sword." Oh, that was his father. Okay. Yeah, because they they said it's Prince Aaron. Have you seen Prince Aaron? And then he kills him. Okay. Uh, and then, and then like he runs away, and then they're like, "Oh, was uh, when he was talking to uh, Haru, Haru, Haru later." Um. Uh, she was asking about something, and he goes, yeah, I, um, I killed my father. And she's like, was he a bad man? And he goes, no, he was actually a great man, and I don't know why I did it, but I did. And I'm like, okay, that's yeah, – um, mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's just that's what no I real thought. excuse for yeah. it. And Yeah, that's that's what I thought, but I wasn't positive. Um, I, I had a hard time paying attention to this – film like uh, partially like it's really you know no fault of its own but just comparing opening even opening shots to our last movie you know the opening shot of Hal's moving castle with the castle coming out of the mist and then this is just like okay cool this ship is sailing you know then there was dragons. There were dragons, which the dragons were the best part. And then we never saw a dragon for another hour and a half. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, it, the the movie itself is is overall, I mean, in comparison, lackluster to a lot of the other stuff seen. Um, it's another one where I felt like there was too much, like 
it, it's like they had a lot more story, which obviously they did because this is based off like a tree of books essentially. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're they had a lot more story in their mind than they could put on the screen. Yes. And they tried real hard to summarize a lot of it up, um, to try to make it work, but it just it just didn't. Yeah. Work. Well, and that that was kind of one of my complaints would have been the fact that we have this fantastical world with magic and dragons set up and then we spend half of our film on a farm which they do at least yeah. say uh you know it's like oh why are you uh Mr Mr Sparrowhawk um which is the worst character name since Taserface and Taserface was amazing <laughs> but you had you had Sparrowhawk like talking about the balance and it's like, well, why are you farming? You're, you know, an arch mage, age and wizard. Like, why are you farming? And then talking about the balance, I was like, could this have come like a half an hour earlier so we could justify being on this farm for so long? And I, the, the, the farming wasn't really earned. Like to me, I felt like they were trying to to push like the the young prince doing farm work to humble him or something something along that that those lines. But really, I'm just creating a narrative in my mind because they didn't set any of that up to yeah. to prove it. Yeah, like like in my in my uh, notes, I have like and this is going to kind of be an interesting discussion. It's like it it feels like this is an odd shift in studio ghibli as a whole in the fact that the animation and the production still looks amazing and is you know in some ways close to as good if not better than a lot of the stuff they were putting out early on but now it feels like the storytelling is a bit more lackluster. This uh, this movie reminded me most of Castle in the Sky a lot, in, in a lot of spot spaces. Okay. Um, but the the story wasn't moving like Castle in the Sky moved. Um, they they it was like they stuck into the spots that weren't as as interesting in Castle of the Sky. Like it like the farm thing made me think of like them walking through the caves, but for a lot 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 longer. Um, like it, it um yeah the, the pacing like i said i don't think this is a bad movie i i think this movie is is an enjoyable watch um i think at points the the dialogue is is staccato and and suffers um i think willem dafoe made a really weird choice in his voice acting whispering the entire role well, um, well yeah the the interesting thing about that is in the japanese version it is a female voice Oh, is it? It is a female voice. In so the... he was trying to soften his voice. Yes. And him softening is just whispering. Yes. Um, and then there were some weird animation choices near the end when when uh, Cobb, the wizard, goes nuts uh, suddenly and without any real pop of I mean, his hand gets cut off, but then... But then, like he he like starts to devolve as after his hand gets cut off, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense why like they didn't him devolving from his previous 
uh, personality into this brand new, uh, very, I mean, very dumb, dumb. He was just like, Oh girl, die. Yeah. He like became a Neanderthal. And it was, I was just like, I don't know why this is happening. Um, and the animation then, I think it's because they didn't know how to show a couple things. So instead of like showing her transforming to the dragon, they cut away and then she cuts back and then she's the dragon. And, and instead of, um, instead of showing him being, uh, being consumed in fire like in a in the same animation way that they had shown the rest of the movie they like cut to this more hand-drawn like kind of shadowy kind of animation that was kind of it it, being it's the first and only time you see in the movie felt really weird yeah yeah i i can see that and 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 it is interesting like and this is the difference also in you know we we have that comparison you know because we've now seen both films uh, between you know Goro Miyazaki's first film and Hayao Miyazaki's first film in Castle of Cagliostro, K- uh, but Hayao had all those years of short films and television episodes directing to lean back on, on and all of that experience moving into his first feature-length film. As opposed to Hayo, like basically it feels like was just shoved in um, because uh, Tashio Suzuki was like, you can draw. Go do it, kid. Well, I think I read that they also like he was impressed by his by how well he worked in the gift shop or something, something uh, like mu- that. The, mu- um, the museum. It was the museum, actually. Yeah. The museum. Yeah. And I'm just like, cool. You work great in the museum. You should direct a movie. Excuse me, what? Um, I should do what now? Um, but the the I mean, my uh, Hayao Mayo Hayao Miyazaki also had uh, a bit of a leg up with Lupin because yes. it was the Lupin the Third guys. So he had completely fleshed out characters. He had characters that he didn't have to build a backstory for at all, and the few that he had to build a backstory for. Honestly, he didn't really do much for it because it was a, it was Lupin the Third because like they're like what kind of backstory you need? Oh, they got money and she's she's, a, she's an attractive woman, so Lupin likes her. Yep. Cool. All right, let's do this. Yeah, that that is so, true. So Ohio kind of had the easier go on his first first feature film, but his first but I would say that his first feature film without uh, outside of Lupin the Third with with uh, Nausicaa. Um, is a little bit more similar here, but I think that Hayao had a did a better job because I mean Hayao wrote the sc- the screenplay for both of these. Yeah. I just think that he did a better job writing the screenplay for for Nausicaa than he did for this of all this information that he was trying to shove into your face all at once, and he did it in an interesting way in in uh, Nausicaa, but he did not do it in an interesting way. Uh, yeah, well, actually, Goro wrote this this script. Uh, the screenplay is by Goro. I, I could have sworn I saw that it was Hayao was the screenplay. Um, I think he was screen story. He helped with the story. Um, oh, that's what it is. Yep. And it was Goro and uh, Kaike, Kiko oh, Naiwa, uh, his normal writing partner, um, who also uh, helped with uh, uh, Earwig, I believe. Oh, and I also found it weird that at the end... Um, instead of saying based on Earthsea novels by this person, it said based on Journey of Shuna by Hayao Miyazaki. And I'm like, <laughs> I, yes, you base some of your stuff on this, but 
come on. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows what this was based on. Yep. Like, it's literally named after it. Oh yeah, Very yeah. Weird. Um, uh, yeah. Actually, I, I just I just wrote in my notes and and remembered this. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, Kiku, who uh, uh, Naiwa uh, was also one of the co-writers for Ocean Waves. Um, as as Corey Namura. And for people that have listened to us, would you know that we liked Ocean Waves? Yes, that Ocean. That was a very, very well done story. Yes, Ocean Waves was fantastic. Um, so, so hopefully, um, like their next collaboration is uh, Secret World of Arietti, uh, and then from Up on Poppy Hill, which I I have heard a lot better things about from Up on Poppy Hill. Like it was much better reviewed, and a lot of people really like that movie. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm looking forward to that because I think. Um, especially like, like I said, I, I was actually talking with our friend Craig and I very much feel like Goro's problem is that he's a very good visual storyteller and like a visual director. Cause like I said, all of the production stuff looks fantastic. It's just, he has a few problems here and there with the actual like storytelling at points. And I think a more grounded uh, tale, like uh, I'm assuming from Up on Poppy Hill, is going to be uh, will actually be better because I I did like Earwig a little bit better than I liked this, um, just because I think it was just more focused. I disagree, but that that is that is totally fine. Or maybe, or maybe that's just hindsight, and I was like, ah, no, it wasn't as bad as I thought. But you know, go back and listen to that episode well, about Earwig was I... shorter, and I think that might be something that you liked. That helped too, yes. <laughs> Admittedly, um, that helped. I, I mean. This movie gets a lot of flack for people. And I mean, I feel like I've talked a lot here. I'll let you kind of take a little bit and, and explain how you feel about it a little bit more in more depth. Okay. Um, I, I just, yeah, it's just for some reason, I just, I felt very disconnected with the film. Like, like it was whether I was distracted or, or something when I was watching it. But yeah, just, just something felt a little off um in in it and i think it was because like it feels like it was such a big world but we're only seeing such a small part and like some of the more interesting things was actually like the slaver trying to kidnap him uh kidnap aaron like at the at the beginning and uh, right after he meets up with sparrowhawk and those things were quickly resolved, and then we had, you know, this longer thing, longer bits of, you know, time, and that would have been acceptable if it weren't, if it were more character-driven, and we got a few more character beats, but it, it very much felt like it was a character, or very often telling us what they could do as opposed to showing us what they could do. Like, like in, in the example of 
you know, Sparrowhawk and, and that kidnapping, it's like, oh, how'd you find me? Oh, I performed this locator spell and was able to find you and, and go through the woods. And it's like, well, why couldn't we have seen you do that? That would have been great. Like, that would have been actually way more visually interesting than, oh, he just popped up out of nowhere and broke these chains and, oh, done. We're good. By the way, Sparrowhawk, the great archmage uh, wizard who does two feats of magic in the entire movie, and they're both not that big. Yep. Like, it's like one of them, he changes his face, and one of them, he breaks some chains. Like, there's it, it's there's not a lot that happens with this really, apparently really, really cool character that we don't get anything from, which is a disappointment. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, and then another, um, actually in the, in going on that, that, uh, actual same scene, one of the things that actually really annoyed me, uh, because I was like, as soon as they break the chains and you have all of these other kids who were kidnapped and looked like they were going to be taken into slavery and you get Sparrowhawk, you know, breaking the chains for Aaron and then, even Aaron asks, like, what are we going to do with the rest of these guys? Like, well, I broke their chains, so it's up to them. It's like, are you not going to discuss with them or anything? Like, like even, hey, would you guys want to well, come the- with us? <laughs> We're going this way. The very, the very next scene, the, the slave driver essentially says, yeah, we got them. We got them back. <laughs> Don't worry. The slaves are back. Uh... I know that the the audience was worried that they might have gotten free and become free people, but nope, they are still slaves. Don't worry, they're all being forced into into child labor. Everything's great. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, that. I I I get the idea of letting that kind of play that way in the yeah. sense of I can't take uh, I can't take all of these people under my wing, but I did what I can to get them free. Yeah. Um, but it did feel like he did the literal bare minimum for a master archmage um, to to help them out. But uh, yeah, like not even like, hey, that direction is the nearest town. If you want to not get captured again, you know, or we're heading this way on this elk, um, which I did. I did joke in my notes like, oh, cool. Another boy with his elk. This should be a magical adventure. Um, this this movie should have been uh, to to continue my trend of uh, tales from Earthsea or how I how I stopped worrying and learned how to train my dragon. Um, but uh, there's I mean there's a bunch of little story beats that are not explained. Like why are there two errands? What is that yeah. other errand about? Never actually explained. Like they they even show up and talk and and like have a little chat at one point and it's just like. You gonna tell me why there's two of you here? No, no. Okay, I guess not. I guess we'll just never know why that thing. That's the thing. Maybe that's a thing in the book. Maybe that's one of the few things they kept from the book. It's yeah. probably explained in the book, though. <laughs> yep. Well, and that was yeah. They do a little prelude about you know dragons are created when you express your true self, oh, for something like that, and like that's. That's the explanation for the dragon a little bit. 
and you know because it was a character revealing their true name and like their true intention and then that's when it's like oh look now we have a dragon awesome that yeah but like that didn't feel as earned and it was like okay well at least now we know why we had this side character in the film for what it felt like wasn't that much of a reason other than being a foil to talk to. Um, but then it's like, oh, no, she ended up being a dragon. Cool, I guess. Um, I did get a little laugh out of the two side character women that came up and they're like, she's a witch. And then like, can you help us, please? Yeah, it's like, what an evil, evil witch. She's like, oh, I don't have any money. It's fine how evil she is. It's like, I got a little bit of a... Yeah, I... I, I like, I, ah, that's great. That's a good... Yeah, I, I enjoyed some of the little character beats like that. And 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 again, like, like hopefully this is a trend because we, we even talked, like, early on in, like, Castle of Cagliostro and Castle in the Sky... Um, like that we had so much fun with these side little bit characters, you know, like in castle in the sky, the, the big strong guy who could burst his shirt open, you know, and li- it was little stuff like that, that, you know, Hayao Miyazaki used, used as he was growing as a filmmaker. And hopefully it's going to be the same as we watch Goro progress. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you did this, but during the scene where he actually pulls the sword out, which apparently he could... I know everyone said that like the sword was just a short and he didn't pull it out earlier. There was no excuse for why the sword couldn't be pulled out, ever point said, that I remember. Uh, but um, I did pull out my phone and play, You got the touch! As he's lifting it out. <laughs> you got the power! Yeah, and it was perfect. It fit, it, and so all I'm saying is that if you set your own soundtrack to this movie, it's great. Yeah, um, yeah, I could see that. Uh, no, there, there was, there was a an explanation a little bit, but it was literally like a throwaway line of of much like the dragon. It's like you have to be like your true self, and you have to, you know, have the desire to, you know. Uh, be able to use this sword and and that stuff so like it was actually a a good character beat of like him actually discovering his own power and discovering himself often knowing who he was which is why he was finally able to unsheath the sword but yeah it 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 just felt like it came out of nowhere because we didn't have that set up as as well Do you think that at the end of the movie he was disappointed because when he found his true self, he got a sword, and when she found her true self, she became a dragon? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, it's like, cool, I have this tiny little sword. You're a dragon um, who can... I'm sure at first, when he first pulled the sword out, he was like, this is great. Yeah. And then it's like but my then he sees her. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, cool! My girlfriend just turned into a dragon. Awesome! All right, this sword's not going to be that helpful. 
Please don't find your true self in the bedroom. Uh, but uh, crushed to death by dragon. <laughs> uh, and also the weirdest, like, I I will say this is the one one of the animation things that I did not enjoy was actually what happens with the dragon um, because clearly the dragon is going to blow fire onto Cobb and burn Cobb. Like that's how we kill Cobb at the end. Uh, But we don't see the dragon actually spitting out fire. We just see Cobb on fire later. Yes. Yeah, there was, like I said, there was some weird things at the end there that I just don't, either they were running out of time or they weren't sure how to draw. And they just, they, they, I mean, kind of half-assed it, in my opinion. Yeah, I I can agree with Um, that. I'm trying to see if there's any other fun facts or anything else I have down. Uh, This was the first Disney movie to have a PG-13 rating. Yes, yes. Um, I, I I was actually going to say it, like especially in that dragon, like I was. That's why, like, I was a little out of it. And then we had that little dragon fight at the beginning, and the dragons just rip each other's necks out. And I'm like, whoa, this is way more violent than I was expecting. I'm kind of interested in this. And then nothing happened for another hour. Um, but yeah, it was like just those little bits of violence that you like were a little out of out of nowhere it felt and it's like, "Oh, whoa. Okay, cool." Uh this is also uh the only Studio Ghibli film to be uh rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. It did air quotes when I said rotten. It's at, uh, uh it's a yeah, it's a 40 I has this 41. Yeah, 41%. Well, that might not be right now because I don't know. I don't know how oh, earwig anymore. How 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 earwig? Yeah. got reviewed too. Let's let us actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually pulling that up right now. Earwig and the witch. No score is what it says for me. Okay, maybe because it was uh, direct to. Well, I'm... To HBO Max, maybe. And I'm on. I'm on Flickster, so maybe I'm just not getting the no because the Zach's Justice League. <laughs> nope, nope. It is, um, uh, it is, uh, it is by far the lowest rated on on. Because uh, uh, can is, I guess? Yes, I. I'll have you guess. Um, let's because because as always we have the. I'm gonna go the, with the tomato meter, like the the rotten or not, or the. Uh, uh, I think this is from Flickster. The audience score. So let's see which one you're closer to. Okay. Uh, so Tales from Mercy, I just looked it up again, was 43% okay. currently. And I'm going to say that uh, Earwig is at 19%. Uh, it is actually better rated than you had it. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I'll, I'll give the audience score first. The audience score was 68%. Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes. That's better than the audience score for Tales. Yeah. Uh, the audience score for, uh, or the, the Rotten Tomatoes score is 29% from critics. Okay. 
Ten percent off. Yeah. But eh, it's about that's that. Yeah, that feels right. I mean, if they count us, we are we are also critics. Yes. And, uh, and we... uh, if they counted our score, we and... would have driven that down again. Yeah, it's like, and we reviewed that right away, and we hated it. Um, so. <laughs> yep. Hated it. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, uh, so a little bit like I, I like I had my problems and like I very much feel like like I'm a parent now. Like I didn't think it was bad. I just thought it was disappointing. Um, and yeah, also, again, Sparrowhawk's a real dumb name. I I think Sparrowhawk's a fine name. I just I just think that. Um, yeah, it, it, it is disappointing. Like, as the more I talk it out out loud, the more I realize how disappointed in the movie I was. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I just, I didn't dislike it. Like, there are movies that I, I have for sure disliked more than this one, um, from, from Ghibli. There's at yes. least one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you, I, yeah, in, I gotta in, figure in, out. in our initial rankings, you ranked this above My Neighbor Totoro. I don't think I don't think that I would do that anymore. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But but it's not it's not going to be the dead bottom. Okay. And actually, going back and thinking about things, like I've almost debated about pushing uh, uh, Castle of Cagliostro up my list a little bit, but it um, it was actually a surprisingly good movie, Castle of Cagliostro. Like it, yeah, you know. Um, but so if I was a loop in the third fan, I would have loved it. Yes. I, I would agree with that. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, like I said, it, it was just a little disappointing, especially, you know, knowing what we just watched, like, you know, in Howl's moving castle and how amazing that film was it's like, Oh, this is our next studio Ghibli movie. Ooh. That was, you know, again, like, you don't want to do the comparisons, but it's hard not to in in the podcasts like this, you know, as we're going in chronological order, um, you know, and and from all I mean, I've and from all I've heard, the point of the our, podcast is to do the comparisons. <laughs> yeah, um, and then, you know, from all I've heard, our next film is, you know. Like it might not be the best film, but it's it's kind of much beloved in Ponyo. Ponyo, Ponyo, Ponyo. Ponyo is great. Um, I I very I saw I also saw this one in theaters. Oh, cool. Uh, so this should be fun. Uh, but yeah, uh, Shane, do all of your uh, any any I guess any final thoughts. Final thoughts. Um. I mean, it, it's it it isn't a bad movie. Uh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far to say it's a bad movie. But when you go in with expectations um, of Studio Ghibli level, it, it makes this movie worse. And from a, from a whole different standpoint of people that probably read Earthsea that went into this hoping that it would be a proper telling of Earthsea, they they were disappointed in that reign too. So this movie was was made to disappoint all the way around. Uh, and Goro does what Goro does best, and that's disappoint his father. Um, 
So this, I, I think that if you have, it, it's not not worth a watch, but there are better choices out there, I would say. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm just like that that Goro joke, huh? I really like that Goro joke. Um, well, especially considering <laughs> that it does seem like his biggest critic is his father. <laughs> Everyone says your biggest critic is yourself, but like, unless you're Goro Miyazaki, unless you're then Goro it's Hayao Miyazaki. Miyazaki. Yeah. Um, uh, what's your final thoughts? Uh, I'm I'm kind of on this on the same lines. Like, yeah, like like. Like I said earlier, it just, it wasn't bad. It was just, it was just like, it, it hurt because of the expectations that, that we had going into it and like not knowing how the, how the story was going to be because of like, I, I've never read any of the earth sea stuff. Um, so like, I didn't know what to to think and what to expect going into that but i i did expect a certain quality um even though i did have you know in the back of my head it's like i did have earwig and knowing like how that was and it's like okay all right that's that's you know the first thing i've seen goro do so hopefully that's this is better than that um and i mean it was but not by much uh so but what are your? I feel like we made a mistake watching Earwig when we did. Yeah, I feel like we did too. But I mean, the, also, how disappointing would that have been to be our last film that we covered? That's true. That is that is true. Like, um, yeah. So let me. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, go ahead with your plugs, plug. I guess. Um. Open up the plug bag. Uh, so, yeah. So I want to plug uh, my family. I want to plug my friends. I want to plug you, Kyle. I would like to plug me, Shane. Um, I'm going to plug my other podcasts. Uh, so, uh, the Animaniacs uh, that I do with my buddy Carl. Uh, that gets released once a month. Uh, so that's coming up. So that's coming out next week. We'll get another episode of that. Uh, and then I've got uh, uh, the Five Star Movie Podcast, uh, a subsidiary of character work, if you're looking for it on Spotify, search for character work. Uh, and uh, that is uh, with my buddy Gabe, and that's kind of on a hiatus just because both Gabe and I have been a little busy, so we neither of us have watched the next two movies because uh, we're watching The Departed and Catch Me If You Can. Uh, oh, nice, nice, uh, nice... Uh you know combo there yeah so we're excited about that so that should be coming out here in the next in the few weeks um once we record it yeah. uh, but uh but yeah check those check those two joints out yo yep um and uh much like uh five star movie uh rachel and i's podcast uh, hello sweetie is also on a bit of a hi hiatus uh just because schedules have been a little crazy uh but uh, I am mostly still doing a weekly vlog. Uh, some weeks I'm missing because, again, life is crazy at points. But uh, 
actually next week I will actually have a studio tour for the the new studio space, um, office space that I'm recording in. So nice. Uh, and you can find all of that at Knocked Out Films. Be good to each other. <laughs>